Hello, I'm Karen Pascal. I'm the Executive Director of the Henry Nowen Society. Welcome to a new episode of Henry Nowen, Now and Then. What a challenging time we are living through today. No matter where you live, COVID-19 has turned our world upside down, and we're all reeling trying to find our footing in the midst of enormous changes on every front. We're in the season of Lent, and today I found a talk that Henry Nowen gave during Lent in 1985 at Harvard. It's such a powerful message about how to live the spiritual life empowered by the Holy Spirit. He said that when God is with us, we don't have to worry about the future. Over and over, Henry affirms that God is a God of the now. For all of us in the midst of changes so beyond our control, Henry's message helps us find the answer to how we can practice the presence of God in these very difficult days. He says that even in the midst of your pain, God is at work in you. I hope this wonderful message will inspire and renew your courage and vision. The biblical reference for this talk is Acts chapter 2, beginning in verse 1 we read, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly the sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed like tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. The disciples were confused. But Jesus says, don't go out. Don't go out. Don't start doing things. Just wait until the Spirit comes. And when the Spirit came, suddenly all changed because suddenly they saw and they realized and they understood what they had been part of. Suddenly they could start living an interior life, a life in Christ. They might have traveled with Christ, but before the Spirit came they could not travel in Christ. Before Jesus died, they could not say, not I live, but Christ lives in me. They couldn't say that. They could only say that when the Spirit had come, the Spirit of Christ, the breath of Christ has come into them so that they could say, I am the living Christ. Not I live, but Christ lives in me. And as soon as they discovered that they had indeed the life of Christ within them, suddenly all the boundaries broke open and they went all over the world. And this is the great mystery of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit is Christ with us through the ages. Christ in us in the most intimate way so that in the most intimate places of ourselves we can say that God is with us. But also Christ with us who sends us out over the whole world and to all the countries and the nations and the peoples. And so that suddenly, suddenly we don't have to be limited to, to being in one country or the other. Because in Christ, in the spirit of Christ who is with us, all places are ours. All the world is ours to travel because we are at home. We are already in God. We have already found a communion and we don't have to limit that to any family, any country, any circumstances or so. 
I hope that, that somehow this, this, this starts making sense to you. It's hard to say it well, but, 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 that, but it is the great mystery that you and I can live a spiritual life, a life in which the Spirit of Christ dwells in us, a spirit that sets us free to, to be, not just limited to any particular circumstance, but free to be wherever we are sent. And that is happening in absence, in the absence of Jesus who says, I sent you out until I come again. And that brings me to the second point. That is that, that in the presence of Christ in us through the Spirit creates in us that enormous desire to move to the future. But let me, let me say something about that that is important. When we believe that, that the Lord is with us always through the Spirit, we can let the future emerge out of the present. When we really believe that God is with us and that we already now are breathing His Spirit. We don't have to worry about the future. We don't have to worry about what might happen next. And we can start trusting that if we fully live the life in the Spirit, the future will unfold from the present as we travel through life. One of the greatest temptations of our life is always to live ahead of us. And not believing that something is happening here, now. And the world in which we live tries to make us believe always that the real thing is happening tomorrow, or next week, or next year. And we as Christians are challenged to believe that what is happening is always happening here and now. At this moment. Now. And that if we live the now, the presence to the full, the future will grow, will reveal itself to us. Because we have already received the Spirit. We have already received the beginning of the eternal life. We are already in the house of God. We are already breathing His breath. So let us, let us stay there and listen carefully. There's this wonderful word in the Gospel that is patience. But the literal meaning of the word patience in the gospel means to stay fully where you are. To live the moment to the full. To trust that all that you need is, is, is there where you are. An impatient person is always saying, well, this is not a good place to be. I want to be somewhere else. This moment is empty. This moment 
it doesn't hold anything for me. I, I want to be there tomorrow, next year, uh, later, when I grow old, when I get my career, when I get rich or whatever. I, I am always working ahead of me. I'm in grade school to go to high school. I'm in high school to go to college. I'm in college to get my little job. I get my little job to get my big job. I get my big job to retire. I retire. <laughs> but the real thing is always ahead of them. And a lot of us live ahead of ourselves, and therefore I am not tasting the truth that the Spirit of God is with us now, that the Lord is with us now, here, at this moment. And Jesus says, be patient. That means because, stay where you are. Because the story of the seed tells it so beautiful, you know, the good soil are those who live their life in patience. That means who stay with the soil and let, and let the seed that is there grow closely and pay attention to the moment. Because the good news is that our moment is not empty but full. In the fullness of time, God came to us. And our time has become full time because the Spirit has been sent to us. Because the Lord is with us. This is all we want. If we want to live with the Lord, we want to live with God. If that is our desire, well, if God sent us His Spirit and sent us His breath, isn't that enough to be fully present to the moment where we are breathing? Where that spiritual breathing is taking place? And therefore, dear friends, we have to learn to live fully in the present. Because God is always the God of now, of here. The day in which we live is always the day of the Lord. If anything is happening that is spiritually valid, it happens here and now at this moment. As we are here together, as we pray, it's always here. And the great art of spiritual living is to pay attention to the breathing of the Spirit right where you are and trust that there will be a breathing to new life that will reveal itself to you as, you as you move on. That's the beauty of the spiritual life. You can be where you are. You don't have to be anywhere else. You can be fully present to the moment. And trust that even in the midst of your pain, in the midst of your agony, in the midst of your struggle, something of God is, is at work in you and wants to reveal itself to you. And so be there. Listen. And be quiet. <coughs> Finally, how do we practice the presence? How do we practice the presence of God? Because there is a practice of the presence of God. This is also the title of a wonderful little book by Brother Lawrence uh, that you might have heard of. It's a, it's a wonderful idea to practice the presence of God. And the two ways which we practice the presence of God are prayer and service. And I want to say a little word about both. If you ask me what is prayer, I could say prayer is to enter into the presence of God here and now. Prayer is precisely the way in which we become present to the moment and listen to God, who is with us. God is always where we are. He's with us always until the end of time. So we have to listen. We have to be there. We have to be attentive. And prayer is the discipline of attentiveness, of being there. 
And I really want to ask you to practice that, that prayer as a practice of the presence. You don't have to say many words. You don't have to have deep thoughts. You don't have to worry about how to think. You can just be there and say, I love you. I love you. I know you love me. I love you. I don't have any big things to say. I don't have any profound words to express, but I, I'm here. And I want you to be with me, and I want to be with you. It's that simple. It's that very simple thing. Prayer is not complicated, not difficult. If people say, how do you pray? You say, pray. Just sit down and say, Lord, here I am. And you know, distractions always means you're pulled over to the past or to the future. That's what a distraction is. You start thinking about think it happened yesterday, or you're worrying about think it might happen tomorrow. Distractions mean you're not yet fully here. You're not fully present yet. That's okay. You have to smile, say, oh, I'm not there fully. I'm not fully trusting. I'm still, I'm still all over the place. I'm, I, I want to pray, but I'm thinking about this person yesterday that got to me, and I'm still thinking about him. I wish, I wish that I could talk to him again. I would give him a little talk. <laughs> Or you can say, well, well, if tomorrow, you know, I'm going to do this, I'm going to, it's going to work, and my son has to go to the hospital, and I have to see this, this person to discuss this promotion I'm hoping for, or I have to look for a job tomorrow, and I'm worrying if, if it, it will happen. Sure, and that's, that's us. That's us. We, we, we are, we are never, never totally here. If we were totally here, we would be in heaven. So we are not totally here. We, we are a little bit in the past, a little bit in the future, and all over the place, actually. But it's so important that you sort of say, but I want to be more here. Because I know that you are here. I know that you love me, and that all, in a way, all that I need is always here. And therefore, I'm going to sit here for a moment and say, thank you for being a faithful God. Thank you for your name, I am. Thank you for your son Jesus who, who came to be with us. Thank you for the spirit who, who, who dwells in me so deeply that I don't even feel it all the time or experience it, but I know it. I know, just as I know that I'm breathing without feeling my breath all the time, so I know that you, God, are with me even when I feel it all, don't feel it all the time. And so prayer is that very simple presence and that we have to practice. And I promise you, I promise you, if you do it simply like that, you will be fully rewarded. God does not wait long to let you know how close he is to you, really. And a lot of struggles you might have about the past or the future might suddenly become less painful or, or less dominating or less imprisoning. You'll always be there. You'll always be distracted. You'll always be, be worrying, sure. But, but you have suddenly a place in yourself that, that is rather free of it. You will have your fears, you have your anxieties, and they will be there around you. But in the center of all the storms, there is this quiet place where you can say, I love you, you love me, it's here, it's now, it's good to be here, it's good to be here, it's good to be in your presence, Lord, I don't need anything else. So prayer, prayer is the practice of the presence of God and service.
And by service, I mean any little act that is an act of the kingdom. To visit the sick, to visit the prisoners, to be kind to your family, the people you work with, to, to say a word, to write a letter, to send a flower, to, to, to be involved in some, something that is for the people of God. And sometimes it might be larger things, but it's always small to begin with, small gestures. Close the naked, shelter the poor, help the refugees, be good to your family, be kind to the people you work with, be attentive, be attentive, be attentive. And you know, when you pray a lot, and you know that God is in you, here and now, you're very attentive to others. That's one of the greatest and the first rewards, because you're less preoccupied with yourself. You're less worried about yourself. And if you're not very worried about yourself, you suddenly see people much better. You see their struggle, you see their beauty, you see their kindness, you see that they aren't really trying to get to you always, but that they have their own problems and therefore sometimes I'm talking to you. But you're much gentler, because you are, you are in the presence of the Spirit. And, and suddenly you realize that those people there are also struggling. And suddenly the Spirit in you sees the Spirit in them. The Christ in you sees the Christ in them. The heart of God in you sees the heart of God in them. And then spirit speaks to spirit and heart speaks to heart. And Christ speaks to Christ. And then you suddenly realize that you cannot see Christ in the world, but that Christ in you can see Christ in the world. That the God in you can see the God in the world. And that somehow the spiritual life is a recognition of the spirit in the spirit for the spirit. That it is a mutuality of the spirit seeing the spirit. That's the, it's God praising God. It's the Spirit who prays in us. It's the Spirit who sees the Spirit in others. And suddenly you realize how, how good people are underneath all the violence and the hatred and the revenge and the illusion and the aspirations. You realize they are people of God, that the Spirit also blows in them, breathes in them, and that you, you suddenly realize that the people are wonderful, that people are beautiful. That somehow they are persons sounding through the love of God. And you see it. And you're glad. And you can really say, it's so good to be with you. Because you remind me even more of God's love. And then the community starts forming. New lives start taking place. And all the little actions that you do suddenly are actions of gratitude. You do it not because you want to change the world so much, not because you want to change this situation or that situation. You hope for change, that's sure, but you don't act under the condition that changes will take place. You can see how, how intense that might come. If the only concern is I better help him or them or this or do something because I might change them or the world or the country or the politics or the social situation, if, if change is the condition of service, you're going to be very bitter very soon. <laughs> but if, if service is an expression of gratitude for the love you have already experienced, then you can be free in, in, in bringing about changes without you even trying so hard. Human service, action 
for your neighbor, whether it is small or large, whether it involves individuals or communities or countries, actions of service are to be done out of gratitude, have to be Eucharistia, Eucharist, gratitude has to be an expression of the fact that God has come to us, dwells in us, and that God has already given us a life eternal. Because he's given us his breath, his breathing. We are already in God. We have already overcome, in principle, death and evil. And therefore, we can be free to, to live gratefully and manifest our gratitude by our care for the neighbor, for the people of God, and, and, and for the world. I mean, it's such a freeing thing to know that the presence of God is practiced by acts of grateful service. And that makes all the difference. And so, let me conclude here. And, and simply say that, that Jesus left us so that we could live his own life and form a new body among ourselves, a new community of prayer and service. Jesus says, it's good for you that I leave, because only when I leave, you will come fully to know who I am. And dear friends, this is also true for of this, this series, actually. It's good that it comes to an end. Um, I think it's always good to conclude things as much as to start them. It's good that things has a beginning and an end, a coming and a going. Because sometimes what you have heard here or experienced here might only become fruitful much later in your life. You might have heard something that you forgot, but it might return to you next week, next month, next year. I've experienced in my life that sometimes when I went on a retreat, it didn't seem very important at the moment, but later on I realized that something had happened there that changed my life. And uh, sometimes the spirit works very deep. And the spirit, when the spirit works in your heart, you might not even be aware of it. But only later, maybe next week or next month or next year or even later, you might say something happened to me then and there, and if I, if, I really, if I really think about it, I realize that something started of God while I was hardly aware of it, but now I can see how it happened. And so it's good that we leave and we go our different ways, because then we can also wait for the Spirit to reveal itself more fully to us and call us to new, new forms of ministry and new forms of service. Always grateful and always joyful. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord, for this time together, for bringing us together in a joyful and peaceful community. We thank you for the many gifts you have given to us, and we pray that you stay with us now and always. Thank you for the people who have helped us to make this possible for this parish that invited us, for all the ministers of this community, for all the ministers of this series, for all those who care, for all those who came, for all those who sing, 
who pray, who listened and shared. Make us grateful for all of this so that in that gratitude we can bring good news to others. And let us now say together the words which Jesus himself taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. I hope this talk by Henry Nouwen may be fruitful in your life. All of us at the Henry Nouwen Society want to pass on to you the vital and undisputable truth that Henry Nouwen discovered. The truth that you are God's beloved child. May that truth hold you through these very difficult times. For more resources related to today's podcast, click on the links on the podcast page of our website. You'll find additional content there. Please feel free to pass on our daily e-meditations and this special talk by Henry Nowen to your friends and family. Thanks for listening. Until next time.